What is up, y'all? Welcome back to the YBO podcast, and also welcome to a brand new six-part series where we'll take a look into working in the outdoor industry. If you're someone who is interested or curious about what it takes to work in the outdoors or the type of careers available, or even if you know of somebody like this, this will give a great insight into that industry. You'll get to hear from a few of us here at YBO who've had experience in this field, plus a few friends of ours who have now spent time working in some of these careers. This week, we have a very special guest, Mr. Jimmy Fisher. Jimmy has just completed his first season as a waterfowl hunting guide here in Kansas, and he talks about what an incredible experience it was and some of the biggest learning lessons from being a hunting guide. This is a fun one, and we hope you all enjoy. All right, what's up, everybody? Jimmy is with us today. Thanks for joining us. Of course. Glad to be here. So uh, he is actually a hunting guide for an outfitter about an hour, hour and a half from Wichita. Hour and a half-ish, so east, east, east Kansas, Fall River. Yeah. So So he's going to jump on here and tell us a little bit about that, but we'll start off with uh, letting him introduce himself and kind of talk about how we got into hunting and all that and how it's inevitably gotten him into being a guide. So I'll let you kind of just take it over right here. Yeah, so um, like you said, uh, my name's Jimmy Fisher. Um, I have been hunting for about 10 years. Um, I grew up dove hunting um, with my family in East Texas, so I've been hunting for quite a while, uh, but waterfowl primarily for about 10 years. Um, And, you know, just doing what every, I would assume, younger waterfowl hunter does is, you know, banging the the public land, you know, getting up at midnight to go drive out there Cheyenne Bottoms and <laughs> McPherson Valley wetlands stuff like that so uh grew up doing that and hunting quite a bit in that public land um and then just through connections that you know hunting provides for you uh ended up meeting somebody through work actually um that had a 10,000 acre cattle ranch was in his family um got to talking got to spending some time out there and just with the availability of the resources and the birds and um they'd already been guiding, you know, whitetail deer out there for quite some time. So, um, stars aligned and, you know, I just was like, man, 10,000 acres of hunting permission sounds really, really nice. (laughs) Um, but it just kind of turned into a kind of a business venture, um, you know, being able to, you know, entertain people and, and share the passion of the outdoors, um, you know, with other people from, you know, all over the place. So it's been fun. It's been, uh, it's been a, I would say an educational experience. Uh, it's way different when you're setting up decoys for somebody else that's paying you mm-hmm. um, rather than, you know, just hunting for yourself. So it's been interesting to say the least. Yeah. So. And uh, this, this was your first season doing it, correct? Correct. So we had about four groups that came in. Um, we had two, two groups from Louisiana and then one from Iowa and then one from Florida. So, Pretty, pretty decent spread in terms of, you know, the clients coming in, but it was kind of a tester year. Um, we, we marketed really, really late in the season or late before the season started. And, um, it kind of turned into actually people saying, yeah, let's, let's, let's book. Um, COVID really messed with some things in terms of hunters going up to Canada. So a lot of those guys that would go to Canada, um, their hunts were canceled. So that's why that Iowa group came in. So uh, we got lucky and it, you know, it turned into an actual, uh, pretty good year for us so learned a lot and uh had a lot of fun shot quite a few birds so yeah that's what it's all about so um yeah this was your first year guiding but this was 
this ranch's first year doing waterfowl altogether? Yes. So it was the first year for waterfowl. Uh, but like I said, they've been doing whitetail deer for 20 years, 20 plus mm-hmm. years. So um, they had the, you know, the cabins out there for the hunters to stay in. They knew the property. Um, and like I said, it's a 10,000 acre working, fully operational cattle ranch. Um, they've got feedlots out there. They've got, you know, cattle and pasture. So um, all the ranch hands have been out there, you know, for years. And they just kept saying, you know, we've got geese on this pond. And we've got ducks on this pond, like 500 ducks on this pond, 1,000 geese out here. So um, I heard that and I was like, yeah, we need to go out here. We need to check this place out. So um, it ended up being really, I mean, there's no food plots out there for birds. It's just all... You know, we're in between two lakes, so we're in between Toronto Lake and Fall River Lake. So it's just kind of a, I guess, a recipe for success in terms of having birds moving through the area. Um, so it's it's quite a special place. I mean, we've got some, the guys from Louisiana just couldn't believe that there were no food plots in the water. There was nothing out there. It was just birds would work. They would respond to calls. Like, it's it's insane out there. And yeah. it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's a family that's really, you know, they're all about the outdoors. They're about sharing that experience um and you know it goes to show they're they're hospitable i mean the meals that you eat are cooked from the the mom that is out there like you know Mm -hmm. she's the the wife of the man who owns the ranch it's the han ranch and um she's out there cooking meals for all the hunters you know cleaning sheets you know doing all that kind of stuff uh the dad's sitting down at the dinner table with you after you hunt so it's a a very family type location you know Mm -hmm. it's not the you know we've got 25 hunters in at once and Mm -hmm. you're kind of a number i mean we know exactly who you are you know who the family is when you leave so um it's a pretty special place and i've only been there for one season and i'm this addicted to it yeah (laughs) i mean i mean it sounds pretty sweet and yeah i mean i know we were talking about it earlier of uh how many of these other ranches out there and just the immensity it takes to be like a uh hunting outfitter or a property so I bet, I bet that's pretty cool to not come in in an established place in terms of waterfowling, but um, but to be a part of, like, f- being the founder of that, I guess, new legacy or whatever you want to call it. It's pretty cool, and, I mean, just, it's, it's cool, but at the same time, like, you learn some hard lessons, like, mm-hmm. you know, where you can ask somebody who's super experienced in it, or it, it's, it's learning, you know, the patterns of the birds and stuff like that. So it's been tough to go in there and, you know, only being out there for a year, um, you can only scout so much, but when you've been out there for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years of your life, Mm -hmm. like, you know what birds are going to do. So, Mm -hmm. um, it's been fun to get everything going and, you know, set places up and just watch those hunters succeed. And you're like, okay, I did that. Like that was part of our group. Like we sent them on those birds and that's what we did. So, um, we had a little kid, um, from Louisiana, he was, I, I say little kid, like I'm extremely old. He was 13 years old. So, um, he was almost as tall as I was, but, um, he ended up shooting. They'd never shot any geese before. Like they've mm-hmm. never seen geese work in to a spread. They'd never seen geese, um, you know, really like they've never hunted them. So, um, they came down, they did a combo duck hunt. They shot quite a few ducks early in the, the hunts. And then towards the end, we we're like, we're, we're going to get you on some geese. So the 13 year old kid ended up shooting a band, like, Never shot a goose before in his life. Wow. Uh, I've been hunting for 10 years, never shot a band, and this kid walks out and shoots a band. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> like, the the group was, I mean, group was all loving it, accents and all. Like, you could hardly understand what some of them were saying. They were so excited. But 
um, it was a fun time. Like, it was pretty cool seeing him shoot that band and watching that dude hold this, you know, 20, 25-pound goose. And, yeah. You know, he can hardly hold it up with his both hands. So it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool to see that. So I'm sure there was probably a little bit of jealousy there of, yeah, you, like you said, you oh, got I, over a decade under your belt and this kid, first day, bang, and you're like, come on, man. <laughs> I was sitting there and I, I saw um, him holding up this band. And I thought Matt, uh, the other guy that owns... Uh, his family owns the ranch. I thought he was messing with me because, like, they were real quiet about it at first. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think they put – I didn't think they put two and two together with the band. Like, mm-hmm. the guys from Louisiana, they obviously know what bands are, but, you know, when you're not used to holding the goose, like, you're not holding the goose by their feet for the most part. Like, you're mm-hmm. holding them by the neck. You're not even checking for those those <laughs> bands. So um, I thought the – I thought Matt was messing with me. I was like, no, seriously. Like, somebody had to have just thrown this on here because they actually didn't see that it was – on there until they brought it back to the house. Wow. Because the kid had shot this goose, like, alone by itself, and he was kind of, like, hoarding the goose to himself. He was mm-hmm. like, nah, this is mine. And finally he holds it up, and he's like, dude, there's a band on it. And I was like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I was like, no. I've been out here multiple times early on. <laughs> hadn't shot one. But, I mean, situations like that, it's it's just cool to watch. Like, yeah. And you go from being the guy that's competitive that wants to shoot a band and all that. And then you just completely lose that attitude. And you see this 13 year old kid and his dad brought him in, called him out of school to go and, and be on this hunt for a couple of days. And, you know, they get to share that together and, you know, they're taking that band with them and the certificate and stuff. So that's just stuff you don't get, you know, mm-hmm. on your day to day. So yeah. that's pretty cool to see. It, I mean, that is pretty funny that it took you guys all the way up to the house to see that because I know whenever me and the guys go out, Every single bird we shoot, I whether I'm picking it up or anybody, I see every guy grab it and just kind of do a little quick glance, like yeah, yeah, Aw. yeah, yeah. But, we, uh, my buddies that I hunt with, I mean, every time we we shoot a bird, it's no band. Like mm-hmm. that's literally what we say. Like we're to, we're to that point. Um, actually, a few of my buddies, probably you know, thirty years of waterfowl experience all put together, and um, none of us have shot a band yet. So. Damn. Um, and I, I usually hold birds by the feet. Like, I don't know why it's just like, it's easier. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm, I don't know. I've just always held birds by the feet. So like seeing them bring it all the way back up to the house and not have that band. I was like, you've got to be kidding. Me. <laughs> so a lot of humbling, humbling experiences through waterfowl for sure. Yeah. So. No, actually, um, just telling about the band stories. Um, there's a YouTube video I saw a while back where, this one guy, I guess he has on his duck call like necklace. Yeah. I guess he has a band that he keeps on there. And so they shot some birds. He goes over and as he's retrieving, he's walking back up and he's like, let's get it. And he's showing all the guys up in the setup and they're all like, no way, freaking out. And him and this other guy are like, yeah, got him. Yeah, <laughs> and they yeah, pulls yeah. it off and they're all like, oh, you dick. you. <laughs> yeah. There's so. usually a lot of uh, Ducks Unlimited will give out like these little bronze bands that's like good luck in you know your 2021 season um and i've had that pulled on me a couple times so like just young and naive and these old men and the duck blind messing with me but you know Mm -hmm. that's just a it comes with the territory of waterfowl hunting so i mean hey it makes memories though like it's not about going out and just shooting as many birds as possible but i mean i know for me and the other ybo guys we're not exactly most successful in goose hunting but i mean even with that, we still have some pretty epic memories. Yeah. We uh, we went to one freaking property where it got weird. There's this other group of guys on it. It was private property. A buddy of ours had been hunting it, and this other guy was 
had been out there a couple times, but for whatever reason, he decided to blame us for everything, was saying, you're not even on the right property, and a whole, you know, a whole, uh, never got physical, but a whole verbal fight broke out in the middle of the field, so we're all just standing around laughing, and didn't get a single bird that day, but we're all, like, easily one of the most memorable hunts we've ever yeah. done, just from that, so. It's funny how that stuff works out, I mean, goose hunting's, I mean, anybody who's been doing it for a while, they'll just talk to you about, you know, the geese do whatever they want, and, yeah. you know, they're they're assholes just to be completely like there's no other way to describe it like geese are ridiculously frustrating like you can do everything right they can be in one area the night before Mm -hmm. the morning before and you go and set up there and they're gone so um, there's a lot of factors that go into it so goose is fun when it's there but i mean it'll just break your heart sometimes yeah it's like that girlfriend that just you know was toxic for you (laughs) that you just keep coming back to so i've never i've never heard her put any better way um from that but um so yeah you uh how how did you mention you got into this guiding did you say you knew like one of the guys who it's his family ranch or something and you guys all kind of talked about it and got into it or so for work um i work for a safety company and what we'll do is we travel quite a bit um and i ended up going and doing some training classes for some dodge city locations and the guy that his family owns that ranch uh, i was he i work with him and so we were driving back and forth and uh kind of just you know four hours there and back you know it'll it'll give you a lot of time to talk and so um, we got to talking. He said, hey, I've got a ranch out here. And he started talking about deer hunting. And I started talking about how much waterfowl hunting I've done and, you know, showing him pictures. And that just kind of morphed into a, hey, you should come out here and check out these ponds. Um, and I'm like, OK, well, we can do that kind of whenever. And he's like, well, it's like an hour and 20 minutes out. And so he just one day without even telling me, he went out on a weekend, started taking pictures of all these ponds. And I'm like, dude, where's that at? He's like, this is our property. And I'm like, there's no way. Like, seriously? <laughs> He's like, yeah, this is this is our property. And I'm like, okay, well, let's go out there and check them out. So we ended up going around and he's just driving me. It's every bit of 10,000 acres. We went out there and I'm driving or he's driving and he's explaining and pointing to all these areas. He's like, yep, that's ours. Like, this is a watershed. Let me, let me show you this place. And I mean, we probably drove around that property for four hours and all he did was just open up gates and we drive in and there's a watershed. Like there's a, this giant cattle pond that, you know, it's got vegetation in it and stuff like that. So it's just, it was crazy how it morphed. Like it was, mm-hmm. you know, just conversation. And then it turned into like, Hey, we can actually do something like this. So I think it helps that there's whitetail out there and that there's Turkey. So they, the family understands that part of it. So yeah. it was almost way too easy of a transition you know like we've already had the meals aspect the lodging down Mm -hmm. so um it's crazy how it worked yeah so um hopefully it morphs into something a little bit bigger than it is now but um that's just because you know who wouldn't want to do that for a living so i'm telling you i mean it sounds like you guys are already off to a good foot but um yeah i asked because i know there's a lot of people out there that i'm sure that are wondering damn how do you get into this kind of profession but it sounds like you kind of you just over all the years of hunting, you've built up that um, resume, I guess, and then you just knew the right person. Kind of got a lot of luck, it sounds like, for sure. No, it's there was no skill involved in terms of getting this. Um, I mean, obviously, just hunting for so long through personal experiences, but 
I mean, you've got these giant outfitters all over the country that, you know, you can go and reach out to and, you know, treat it more like a job. But, you know, I think a lot of these lodges turned out just like what we're doing right now. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, they're like, hey, what if we did this? Like, you know, what if we, you know, just charged? And obviously, you know, some people have the, the issue of, you know, charging for hunts and stuff like that. Like, I'm really into sharing that experience. Uh, one thing that we've done out at the ranch is uh, that 13 year old kid that came in, we don't charge for, you know, the youth. Like that's mm-hmm. something that um, we just believe you should be able to share those, in, those moments and stuff like that um, with other people. And I think the hunting community is kind of getting away from that in certain aspects, but um, you know, bills have to be paid, you know, families have to be taken care of. So um it's just cool to be able to do something like this. And I, and there's a huge market for it. I mean, this was COVID, you know, this was probably the worst time to start something like this. And we had a decent turnout for the yeah. year. So it just goes to show that there's people that, you know, just don't have access to stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, in Louisiana, New York, stuff like that. Um, Kansas is a hot spot for it. And we don't realize, you know, hunting in Kansas for waterfowl, we don't realize how spoiled we are mm-hmm. um, until you start talking to some of those dudes from, you know, Florida and Texas and um, just the public land, the, the flyaway, uh, bird pattern, stuff like that. Like, it's just yeah. it's just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been, like I said, I've lived in Texas for a few years and <laughs> telling people I was from Kansas or even very recently I went down there, my Kansas license plate, a random dude at um, – a Bucky's gas station, which I don't know if you've ever been oh, to Bucky's. Yeah. Okay. Anybody who is listening has been to Bucky's, you know what a beautiful place it was. I was getting gas, and this guy literally walks up to me and he's like, Yeah, you get some good pheasant hunting up there? And I'm like, Yeah, pretty good. I actually, this last week or yesterday, I had just gone at that time I was talking to him, and we just randomly started talking. He sees my Kansas license plate, and boom, conversation yeah. started. He's like, Yeah, I actually. Uh, either he knew somebody or he tries to go or comes up here every year to do some pheasant hunts and stuff like that. He's like, yeah, I love going there. And I think, yeah, right. Growing up here at times, all we see is how flat it is and there's not much here, but then as you become an outdoorsman, which it was later in my teens when that happened for me. But once you start becoming an outdoorsman, you're like, Jesus, dude, we are spoiled here. Hell, like in Texas, when I got my, my, a uh, big old buck a while back. I sent it to some of my family down in Texas, and they're like, "Holy crap!" Yeah, <laughs> they're like, "Dude, that thing is amazing." Yeah, they're like, "Your does are ten times bigger than our bucks and stuff like that." So I mean, yeah, yeah it, Kansas is a pretty special place. So I think you just have to go outside, you know, in order to figure out what's going on and and just to to see what it has to offer because you know I've seen so many small towns and so many. Uh, you know, different places just from going hunting out in Kansas. So, mm-hmm. um, it is a pretty cool spot. It's yeah. a pretty cool place. So, so, um, with, I mean, obviously you kind of got a near best case scenario of starting out in the guiding industry and with the group you started with, but what would you say is probably one of the toughest things you've learned from this whole experience or what is something that you're, you didn't quite expect coming into it? So, there's a lot. I mean, guiding is just like, it, it's a job, you know, it's, it's just like anything else. Like you go to work one day and a customer says something to you or, you know, we had, we had a group that came in, um, 
and they ended up shooting, you know, between three days and I think three hunts. I think it was three days, three hunts because they did so well in the mornings that they didn't end up hunting evenings. Mm -hmm. Um, and they ended up shooting like 70 birds and three bands and they were still like, yeah, I think we could have probably got on some more birds. And you're like, okay. I mean, I understand we didn't hit a limit. Like we didn't hit a six man limit every day, but you know, we still, we, we got you on birds. Like this is how it was. We can't like make birds fly in front of you. Like Mm -hmm. that's, that's just the, you know, comes with the territory. But, um, I guess just you're, you're so passionate about that area and you work so hard putting stuff up and doing that, that, you know, you can't satisfy everybody. And that's, that was the hardest pill to swallow. Um, but the other thing is, is like, it's a physical job. Like Mm -hmm. when you're out there and you've got four of your other buddies and stuff like that, setting decoys up with you, you're like, you know, it's all right. And you know, maybe sometimes you go to public land, you've got like a 700-yard hike to your spot. But um, it's just two of us. It's Matt and, and I that are doing everything. So um, we'll be out there, and it's, you know, 25 degrees, and we're out there throwing decoys out. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a physically, you know, taxing jobs at times. Like, we're moving ice heaters out of the way, generators. Like, we, uh, we ended up going and getting the truck stuck at like three o'clock in the morning, trying to put decoys out and we're mm. about ready to call them like, Hey guys, sorry about your hunt, but <laughs> we're about in, you know, we're about six feet of water right now, um, in the back end of the truck. So, mm. um, and then like there's, there's been instances where, you know, it's pitch black outside and I'll be sitting there and I hit a rock, um, uh, stepping around in there and I'm like a baby giraffe trying to walk around, staying on my feet. And I mean, I have dumped my waders multiple times out there. So, mm-hmm. and that's what I think has been like the real catching me off guard type deal is like, you're so tired cause you're staying up entertaining these guys, making sure they've got what they need, um, getting them settled into the lodge. And then you got to go out the next morning, you know, at three o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. and you got three hours of sleep and you got to put decoys out. And what you don't realize is that starts to take a little bit of a toll after like the fourth weekend yeah. and you're trying to set or, you know, go through these rocky terrains, like in the water, um, or you're kind of like moving through quicksand in the water and you're like, man, this is, this is tough. Like, mm-hmm. so that's been, that's been the hardest part in terms of, you know, sucking the fun out of it because everything you do is, as a, you know, just personally hunting, it's your hunt. Like, you know, you're out there with your buddies. Um, so sometimes it's that repetitive doing the same thing, but I feel like that comes with any job, but, yeah. you know, I'd rather dump my waiters, 50 times in one day than go and sit behind a, a, an accounting table all day. So, I mean, that's, um, that's fair, but it's, it's been fun. Like it's, it's fun, but you know, it, it comes with its frustrations for sure. Yeah. So. And you're doing it technically part-time right now on top of a full-time job, right? Yes. So I work a full, full-time job and then I'll do it out on the weekends. So, mm-hmm. um, the ranch hands being out there 24 seven helps us with scouting. So, yeah. We've got those guys, um, a case of Coors Light and some some steak at the end of the day. Well, you know, that's all the payment they need. So um, we'll go out there. We'll have them scout for us. So we know where the birds are at. Um, it's just, the you know, getting guys out there, entertaining them and, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. it really is. Um, it's not just a, hey, come out here and hunt. Like, mm-hmm. it's an experience. Like, we uh, we want you to go out there and have a good time. So, yeah. We're, uh, we're on the verge of uh, building a new lodge out there. It'll be, we'll be able to house 20 people in there at one time. Wow. And so um, that'll, that won't be, you know, necessarily. We like to keep it to, you know, six to ten guys in one group. 
um, just because it's only two of us. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then you mess with safety and making sure bird limits are, you know, at the right number and making sure they're separated. So we just like it on a little bit smaller of a scale. Um, but that'll be to where, you know, we'll have deer hunters in the same lodge as duck hunters. So mm -hmm. I, we think that'll be a really cool mixture of, you know, guys sharing different stories, oh, yeah. and, um, you know, just different people, you know, all people from all over the country being able to come down sit down, share a meal, and yeah. share stories of a hunt. So, Oh, uh, I mean, should be pretty cool. Yeah, I like I like the idea of that dynamic because I feel like if you go to a duck hunting ranch only, maybe you have different groups go out and everybody comes yeah. back. What'd you do? I got a, a limit on ducks. Sweet, me too. Okay, yeah. done on the stories, right? Yeah. yeah. But I, I, yeah, I think it would be cool if like you're walking back up to the lodge, you're just racked with birds, and there's a guy with a big ass buck right there too. Yeah. Be like, time to talk about yeah. each other. Yeah. yeah. That so, that'd be cool. Um, it'll it'll be cool for sure. We're looking forward to it, and then um, we'll be able to kind of you know spread out and take the the workload off of his parents a little bit um, mm -hmm. so they can kind of enjoy what they're doing and you know we can kind of take over that uh, I wouldn't say take over but you know just relieve some stress that way yeah. their home is their home and you know it's a little bit more of a luxury experience it's not a um, you know we just come out here and hunt birds and then we're done yeah so. try to take a little of that stress off for them exactly yeah um so you mentioned the lodge uh you mentioned the other thing uh that you're built um, the blind that you're going to be building on the pond. So like, what are some of the projects you guys are trying to do uh, probably here in the off season to get ready for, you know, next year? So what we're doing now, and we've been doing this, uh, the hard part, the only, uh, another one of those difficulties, the only real, uh, I would say conflict or, you know, having conflicts and stuff like that with the, the deer hunting, it's we, if there's a buck moving through a certain area, you know, I hate to say it, but we've got so many watersheds out on that property that, you know, the big buck, it takes priority. Like, mm -hmm. that's just, it's kind of how it is. It's like football and baseball, in my opinion. Like, if there's a big buck on property, um, that's going to be, you know, priority priority at that point. So, um, we ended up having to hold that blind project um, throughout the season because throughout deer season, there was a big buck moving through um the area that we're building that blind mm -hmm. and of course they don't want us you know turning impact drills and stuff like oh, that yeah. with that buck around so um we've got the floor finished uh, we ba the way it works is it's on this i would say two acre watershed but it's got so much timber and cedar trees around it that it's almost got kind of a i wouldn't say marsh but it's got kind of a, a flooded timber look to it mm -hmm. um in certain areas so it, it's packed with mallards all the time um, and it's also got geese that'll move into it. So we set up this uh, blind, basically just tucked it into some cedars. And uh, we've got a whole floor going down on it. And it's already kind of halfway in the water, halfway up on the shore. Um, so that'll be kind of our, our idea for that is that's going to be our luxury spot. You know, um, it'll be out of the cold. Like you will not be cold in this thing. We'll have heaters <laughs> running in this thing. We'll be able to cook breakfast in there. That's going to be like the, you know, that will be a once in a lifetime type hunt. Mm -hmm. um, if you're hunting like that on a normal basis, you uh, you got a silver spoon in your mouth. For sure. <laughs> so uh, you're spoiled. But that'll be kind of our main project moving into the when, once it gets warm and not negative two out. Um, and then after that, we're going to really go through and kind of pinpoint where we want our hunting spots to be. And we're going to try to do some habitat management, um, you know, some food plots, uh, stuff like that. Um, and then we'll bounce kind of into turkey season from there. Mm -hmm. So 
Um, it'll be a busy summer for sure. We've got, uh, I want to say, six to eight groups um, already, you know, putting down deposits for next season. So oh, um, it'll be a it'll be a fun summer, but at the same time, we've got some work to do. Yeah, so. but I mean, hopefully that makes next season even better than this year, kind of thing. But, for sure, for sure, we're looking forward to it. Yeah. So, so looking down the line, is this what you're wanting to? Are you wanting to make this? into a full-time profession at some point, or do you kind of like the idea of just keeping it as a side thing? So, um, as long as my wife isn't listening, um, <laughs> um sorry, I, I would uh, turn off right now. I would, uh, I'd love to do this full-time. Um, you know, I, I was talking a little earlier ago about, you know, we were getting six to, th- you know, three hours of sleep every night and then going and dumping waiters and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I'd rather do that you know, until I can't walk anymore than, you know, what I'm doing right now. Don't get me wrong. Love my job right now. But, um, you know, just the, what you get to do and, um, kind of the people you get to meet there is just, it's a once in a lifetime deal. So I'm definitely like, that would, ultimately that would be amazing. But, you know, just from how this has started, like I didn't think I'd be here at all. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's tough to say, yep, we're going to do this. This is how I'm going to support a family, all that. But yeah. Um, I'd love to have this be, you know, this is what we do. Um, you know, this is what I'm going to do six months out of the year. Mm-hmm. So that would be cool. That's definitely the dream for sure. So, yeah, sounds like it. Well, I think we're just about out of time. Um, the final thing I will ask before we, uh, jump off of here is if anybody is listening that is interested to this kind of profession, um, like hunt, being a hunting guide, essentially, is there any key pieces of advice that you think are vital for them to know or might help them? What I would do is um, you got to be a people person for sure. Um, it's not for somebody who's just going to be real antisocial because I think it, the misconception is, is I got to be the best hunter in the world to be a guide. I think that's completely uh, I think that's completely false. Um, I'm not the best waterfowl hunter in the world. I think it's just knowing where you're at, knowing how the birds work, um, and being good with people. Um, I think if you can, you know, entertain people and connect with different, you know, social groups, um, I think you're, I mean, it's a good spot for you. If you enjoy not being able to kill birds, like if you think you're going to go and hunt with these people every single time, like that's not for you. So it's completely different than going out and hunting with your buddies. Like this is, you know, you're doing it all for them. Um, you're out there just enjoying being outside. Um, so, you know, it's really, anybody can do it. Um, I just think it's having those certain key traits. I think that's going to help you out. So, Mm -hmm. um, but by all means, just get outside, get outdoors, um, and just learn, you know, whether it's deer, duck, goose, whatever you just, it's just being a student of the game almost. And, just seeing what they do, what the patterns are, because there's guys that have been doing it for 60 years that still, you know, say, man, just ducks being ducks or just, you know, geese being geese. So, mm. um, anybody can do it. It's just, you know, getting out there and as, as many hours under your belt as you can get. Um, that's what I'd recommend. Yeah. So, so putting in the work and being friendly as hell, essentially. It, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. So, and being resistant to the cold is probably another little key. Oh God key tidbit but. i mean hell if we go out this weekend we're gonna put that one to test big time exactly Oof. exactly so well jimmy thank you for hopping on here and uh thanks for talking about what you're gonna do hopefully we can get you back on here in the near future uh maybe to see how things are going or 
you know, get updates on that or what have you. But for sure. And hopefully we can all get out there and do some hunts with you guys because, dude, this place sounds yeah. awesome. It's pretty cool. <laughs> we'll, de- we'll definitely have to have you all out there and uh, we'll, uh, we'll kind of show you what we do. So. so cool. All right, buddy. Well, we'll talk to you later. I appreciate it, man.